0: Hey guys, welcome to the Go Encourage podcast, where I talk to real people about real life, trying to get insight into their personal experiences and learning a thing or two about their perspective around courage. Today in the studio, I'm joined by Shola Osanoiki, who is an author, a speaker, a businessman, husband and father, among many other things. I'm really excited for you to meet him. So let's get started. Hey, so really excited to have Shola with us today. Hello, Shola. Hello, nice to be here. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. Yeah. I'm really excited that you've uh, agreed to come on Go Encourage podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Excellent. Awesome. So I thought um, I've, I've probably known you for about a year now. Uh, my interactions with you have always left me encouraged. Um, uh, but for people listening or watching, I thought we could do some getting to know you questions so they can know a little bit about you, who they're listening to, if that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, one of the things uh, I love is uh, the meanings of names. Okay. So, Shola, what does Shola mean? So Shola is actually a short form of my full name,
1: which is Olu Shola, which is actually the full pronunciation would be Olua Shola, which is God Mm -hmm. has created wealth or God has
0: wow. created
1: honor amazing
0: wow and wow what a definition <laughs> and, and do you feel like that's something that has um you know been carried throughout your life the meaning of your name has it I, I believe
1: it's, it's had some impact mm-hmm. you know, I guess my parents named me that way mm-hmm. because I was a second child so right. my um, my older sister is called Oluwakemi that means God has um, blessed me mm-hmm. so he's taken care of me and then now God has now brought me wealth and honor so, amazing yeah. wow well, and do you come
0: from a large family uh, there's five wow. so I have four siblings right Yeah. and you're number two is that right I'm number two yeah, number two, yeah. cool and so so Shola um, where are you from where's your background where, where, where did you start off in life okay so
1: I was born in London mm-hmm. um, my parents were studying in the UK and when I was about eight years old, mm-hmm. my parents decided to go back to Nigeria. My dad got a job in Nigeria. Right. We went back to Nigeria when I was eight mm-hmm. and uh, lived in Nigeria. So I finished my primary school, secondary school, and my first degree. Right. And then when I finished my first degree, I worked for the government for a year. And then after that year ended, I moved back to the UK, right? And I've been living in the UK. Well, I lived in the UK for about twenty something years. Okay, and then four years ago, I moved out to Germany, Germany, and I live in Berlin. Nice. I lived there for four years now.
0: Wow. Would you say there's a big contrast there uh, in all of those countries in terms of culture, in terms of people?
1: Definitely culture, mm-hmm. um, culture, people. I mean, luckily, I mean, I've always lived in cosmopolitan places, so. Even though I say London, I I lived in different parts of London. So Manchester, Guildford, Mm Egham, Bracknell, Wokingham. So I've lived in many different places. Um, But, you know, I kind of enjoy the dynamics of fast-paced environments. Even though I like to live in the countryside, but I do work in a fast-paced environment. The hustle and bustle of people. So like in Berlin, I live... 45 minutes by train from the center. Right. Like from my office. So, Amazing. But there's a fast train that gets you there in about 20, 20-something 20 minutes. So okay. oh,
0: nice. I do like the lakes and the woods and yeah. that kind of stuff. Beautiful. Yeah, Germany's really like known yeah. for it, isn't it? Yeah. Excellent. When you in, when, when you were in Manchester, were you in the heart of the city there as well or was it similar uh, 20 minutes? Um,
1: I was kind of halfway. Okay. So halfway. So I was living between Manchester Centre mm. and Hyde. So people that know so I was kind of like in the middle of a place called Bellevue. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, nice place. Excellent. So you kind of ha- get the best of both worlds. Yes. Not too far from the country and not too far from the office. Excellent.
0: Good memories?
2: Yeah.
1: Excellent.
0: Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, we, we're looking a little bit about your history. When you were a young boy, was there something that you aspired to be when you grew up? When I was a young boy,
1: a very young boy, I wanted to be a detective. Detective, wow. Mm, that was my plan.
0: Excellent. I, yeah. What was it that drew you to
1: that sort of? I think guns, the hunt, <laughs> the, hunt the curiosity. Mm. Yeah. So I think I still have some of that. I think still I still have that curiosity mindset. Yeah. Um, so I think that still
0: stayed with me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That sort of investigation type yeah, vibe. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay. And, 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 and fast forwarding now, uh, you're not a detective no unfortunately (laughs) what do you actually do (laughs) so um
1: today i work in um, people technology Mm so for the people i mean over the last 10 years we've there's always been a shift between human resources and people but same thing Mm -hmm. so i work in the human resources world called people and i support the people organization with technology that surrounds it so everything from higher Mm. all the way to exits. So any technology within that space is what me and my team Mm -hmm. would support our company with. And um, the company I work for, we own other companies. So Mm. we own about 85 companies. And we're in about 102 countries around the world. So Mm. I will do everything from supporting full out full or consultation or advisory. So it's an interesting mix. There's never a
0: dull day. There's never a dull day. I suppose with that many companies sort of spread out, you travel, I would imagine, quite a lot as well. Yeah,
1: before COVID, I traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Post-COVID, you know, everybody is trying to think of hybrid. Mm-hmm. But I still travel a bit. So yeah. I have a team down in South Africa. So mm-hmm. I do go there occasionally. Um, I have a team in Amsterdam or right. my, my my leadership sits in Amsterdam. So I kind of triangulate between the three. Mm-hmm. So Germany, Amsterdam, and South Africa.
0: So no stranger to the airport waiting area. No. 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 <laughs> what do you do to keep yourself occupied while you're waiting in between? Uh, write and read. Ah, so, so that's another aspect I was gonna ask you about. You you're actually an author, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've written six books in total. Mm-hmm. One was a co-write with right. a, a friend of mine. Um, two are business books mm-hmm. and four are Christian oriented books. Mm-hmm. So some of them can be found on Amazon. Amazing. Um but also maybe at the end of the, you know, on, yep. on the podcast, you can put a link to where oh, they can definitely. get my latest book, which is around managing up maybe. for career progression. Excellent. Is my latest
0: book. Fantastic. I've started reading that actually. I found it really useful and, and uh, yeah, it's inspiring. Thank you. So thanks for putting that out there. Uh, something else that you do. I don't know if we're going to keep up with all the stuff that you do because you you have so many cool things <laughs> that you're in. But uh, you, you actually speak, don't you? You actually uh, are a public communicator as well.
1: Yes, I am. Yes. Um. It's interesting because um, about seven years ago, I discovered I had dyslexia, so which I didn't know I had, um, and actually, the person that did my assessment said i I definitely overcompensated on the speaking side of <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> what I can do, so yeah. yeah so I do find and I know it's one of the greatest fears of people to speak publicly, mm-hmm. but for me it's kind of I love speaking publicly, and I do so in many different environments, so I do so in the church environment Mm -hmm. where i do speak in churches but i also speak in for business events and i also run my own coaching and mentoring uh, environment where i do do public speaking and do talks uh, for people around subject matter of leadership um, courage like you like and um, mentoring and coaching excellent
0: can i can i ask you has that all you know you said you enjoy public speaking. Has it always been like that? Or was it, was it something you had, was there any hurdle you had to get over the Or you were just natural? No, I
1: think I, I can think back to the primary school where I was in the literary and debating society, mm-hmm. always the one pushed forward to. So I've always kind of been in that speaking yeah. kind of role. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it's been there naturally, mm-hmm. but I do think that even if you have something naturally, you have to spend time to enhance it, sure. get better at it and, you know, speak without, Notes or speak with notes, and mm. they're just different things you can do. You know, some people have to have a PowerPoint, some, yeah. but sometimes you don't need a PowerPoint. So it's just the ability. And I've been privileged to speak in large environments and small environments. So the largest congregation I've spoken to, or people, is about ten thousand people. Ten thousand, wow. yeah. Wow. uh But actually, with with the advent of the internet now, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if we can keep up with the numbers anymore sure. because, yeah, but. You know, speaking to ten thousand people in one room mm. is a very difficult thing to do, actually. Yeah. But the more you kind of get used to it, yep. the more you finally engage in. Amazing! Wow, wow. Uh, you, you mentioned
0: a uh, uh, leadership academy there. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, so I run something called Josh Leadership Academy, mm-hmm. where basically the, the the premise for that was more around. I was doing a lot of coaching and mentoring right. in my own time, um, and one of my mentees was sitting across the dining table with me one day and said you should put this package this like you know mm-hmm. make it um, make it real mm-hmm. by putting some packaging around it mm-hmm. so we did and actually it's really worked out really well and and actually the the book was mm-hmm. birthed from uh, a webinar that I did right. and then a masterclass that I did and then the book then became the offshoots of that oh,
0: and how long have you been doing that for
1: so you Properly under a proper banner mm-hmm. since COVID. Oh, okay. So, so it's two years yeah, plus. Amazing. Well, before that, I've been always been mentoring and coaching sure. for the last twenty-five years. Yeah, so it like, just it, wasn't packaged in that way. It, it just was wasn't like, packaged. No.
0: Oh, amazing. Oh, good. In terms of what you do, yeah. Could you give us one thing? I know it's, I'm not asking for your favorite thing because that's pressure, right? But could you give us one thing you love about what you do? What would you say about what
1: I do? You mean you're talking about my whole life holistically rather than specifically my job?
0: Mm, yeah, let's go whole life.
1: Okay, so whole life holistically, I love to invest in others. Right. So anything that leads to so leading a team and mm-hmm. investing and seeing people come to their full potential. Yeah or coaching people, or mentoring people. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff with startups. Right. So helping startups kind of find their feet. I'm dabbling a little bit in angel investment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so anything that really helps push people forward Amazing. and makes people fully reach their full potential, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's my sweet spot. Excellent. And that's whether it's on a mission field, right. or in a business,
0: right. or in a school, that would be where I kind
1: of find the most value. Amazing.
0: Um I was going to ask you would you say that you're an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert. Extrovert. 99.999% <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely a people person. Yeah. Um so you, you you gain energy from that I would say. Yes, I do. Excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. And it serves you well I suppose in the, in the field that you're in. Yeah,
1: it does. But I guess if you're married to a non-extrovert, mm-hmm. then you have to kind of find the balance. My ah. wife isn't an extrovert. So. Right. Okay. So you have to remember when you walk into a room and you can talk to anybody <laughs> that she's probably gonna just want to talk to one person right so finding a balance which after 27 years of marriage wow yeah you it's just still an ongoing battle <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, would you say you're more
0: logical or would you say you're more emotional on that spectrum
1: i'm more emotional but i think as i've grown older <laughs> i you, you add logic to it so you don't let your emotions drive you right so I don't know whether you've done the, you know, the perceptive or judging. Or, mm-hmm. So I'm more perceiving. Okay. So naturally, spiritually, I'm more a perceiving person. Mm. So I sense things more than I, right? you know, so I will perceive things rather than, oh, this looks logical, they right. But mm-hmm. I guess as I've grown older, I'm kind of, I'm joining that. I can see a, a crossover between the two. Mm. But I think I would definitely drive more emotionally. Oh, interesting.
0: Oh, I, mean, I thought that. That's yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, have
0: you ever taken the love languages test? You know yes, the love I languages? have. Yeah. Do you know what your top two are? Yeah. So touch, mm-hmm.
1: physical, so physical. Yeah. And the second one, it kind of debatable. I think I had two together, but it, it was more like service.
0: service. Access service. Yeah. Oh, excellent.
1: Yeah. Cool. And it's funny because with the love language, like it, you have to be careful because that is what you want. Mm. And probably that is what you tend to do. But your partner might not. That's right. Then, right? So I... I grade acts of service as the highest and mm-hmm. that's probably how i serve mm-hmm. my love language but if your partner doesn't have that love language then i'm not going to say all is wasted yeah because you have to because my life for example my wife mm-hmm. quality time yeah. is more important mm-hmm. so i want to serve and she wants quality time so yeah that's why we bought a dishwasher yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like i know you want to serve and wash all the dishes but we need a dishwasher like so you yeah. can spend quality time with me that's so. right
0: yeah Yeah, i think you touched on an an important point there as well you know we we tend to give the way that we'd like to receive just just naturally yeah it's not even a thinking thing and then so trying to you know balance that with your partner um or even just family members and 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 team that you work with kind of realizing oh actually this person prefers acts of service or or quality time or gifts or whatever it is
1: and while we're on the topic i mean not that i'm going to be paid for this plug but um um, his needs her needs is a great book Mm. like it's an amazing book that kind of really helps put these things into perspective right so so for us as a couple where we we studied that book Mm. it really helped us understand ourselves better right because then we realized actually i want the house to be tidy Mm. for me my partner doesn't Mm. not that she wants the house messy but she's not really bothered by it Mm. i guess your upbringing makes you want everything to be in order Mm -hmm. Right, whereas your partner like, "Well, we'll sort it out on Saturday." Mm-hmm. So, so when you realize that actually the house being tidy is for you, it takes the pressure off putting pressure on your partner to yeah. do something the way you want them to do it mm-hmm. because it's actually for me. I I need that. Mm-hmm. So if I need that, I'm, I'm probably happy. I'm happier to lead that. Right, that's what I would want. You know, I like order structure. Yeah, in my. That's why you're going back to the logical piece. So maybe the way I see my house, I like it ordered and structured. Yep. And I rather know that everything is in the right place. Mm. So,
0: And I like that because, you know, you're saying we can by nature project that onto the other person. But actually, if you know it's something that you need, need. or want, then it becomes you know something that yeah. you take ownership for as well. Yeah, Excellent. Are you a more of a make things happen kind of person? Or do you go with the flow? Uh, make
1: things happen. Mm generally, Mm -hmm. but then happy to, I think it depends on the environment circumstances. So um, I remember this statement and it's one of my favorite statements about leadership. Like, um, there's nothing more foolish than a leader standing back Mm -hmm. when opportunities for leadership arises. So when opportunity for leadership arises, as a leader, you're supposed to step in. Mm. But Actually, the greatest gift is to understand and recognize the environment you're in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, generally, I would like to make things happen. So, um, but do you have to make things happen on holiday mm-hmm. or you just go with the flow? Yeah. yeah so, so, yeah, so it depends on the environment that you're in, right. the circumstances, and with grown children also, mm-hmm. do they really want my youngest is 18? So, do they really want a father now saying, so okay, we're going left? Or oh. is it more like, hey, guys, what do you want to do? Yeah, so, it's yeah. kind of on the, Knowing the environment you're in, and then deciding what you want to show up as. Mm. But knowing who you really are, like as I really am, Mm -hmm. I'm a kind of hey, let's drive this. Um, But sometimes in settings, like if I'm not the um, top dog in the room, then I have to go with the flow. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to find
0: balance. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Especially the part where you know, if you are a leader and the opportunity arises, you know, you got to step up and go for it. Otherwise, the opportunity just passes by, yeah. then, doesn't it? Does. Here's here's a here's a fun question. Well, I think it's fun. You might not. <laughs> <laughs> what's a What's a compliment that's been said about you that you remember?
1: Compliment. I remember. There are a few, but I'm trying trying to think. What should I hone in on? To. Um, yeah, I think maybe a compliment around the fact that I'm caring. Okay. Like I'm a caring person. Mm-hmm. In the workplace, and now we just did um, understanding your personality, right. and actually unanimously, my team kind of pointed out that I'm a caring person, like that. And actually, my personality mm-hmm. through the personality test showed that. So I think that's probably is kind of my um, kind of experience. So the other day, I was speaking at a an event, mm-hmm. and um, I finished speaking, right. and I kind of stayed back to listen to the other speakers mm-hmm. and the uh, host. Emailed me afterwards and said that she was very surprised that I actually stayed back right. and I cared enough. Yeah, to make sure the program went well, even though I had I was like the second speaker, and there were four speakers. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so I think wow. that would be one compliment that I received recently. That's a great, great. compliment.
0: Yeah, because I might misquote this, but it's a quote that says people won't remember what you do for them, but they'll remember how you made it them, made them feel. feel. Yeah, and so you know, having that caring nature is gonna really help you, especially when if you're a people person as well. Yeah, excellent all tying in together. Thank you. (laughs) Um, What would you say people misunderstand about you? Mm. I'm fiercely loyal
1: Mm -hmm. to my team and to people who work for me or my family. Mm -hmm. So I think people again, I'm just reflecting on the personality test that we did and basically says that because I'm fiercely loyal, Mm -hmm. I tend to be overprotective. So people might see me come across as overprotective of my kids, Mm -hmm. overprotective of my church, overprotective of my company. Mm -hmm. So anything I care about, I tend to want to protect. That's my natural Mm -hmm. nature. So that's the kind of the flip side of being a caring person. You carry that caring into everything you kind of do. So I think sometimes people do misunderstand that, oh, maybe I'm just being defensive or maybe I'm being overly protective. Mm -hmm. So I think I get that a few times, but actually... I think it's par for the course if you are going to be complimented as a caring person, then you've got to care through all situations. Yeah. So I think people do misunderstand that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I would say. And yeah. sometimes, you know, it, the payoff is worth it, you know? Yeah, yeah, if, it is. You know, if, if, if you come across like that to some people, but actually serves you really well to be protective of yeah. your kids and, you know, people you care about, you know, yeah. it's a win. Well,
1: well I, but I think there is a self-consciousness that you also have to have to say, okay, in this situation mm. how am i coming across like that's sure. probably the biggest thing anybody can do for themselves mm. like I, i'm a strong believer I know thyself yes right cuz if i know myself um i read a book recently on winning mm. right so someone like a uh, michael jordan knows himself he knows he can make the hoop doesn't matter mm. what's happening so he focuses on making the hoop right and so when he's on the when, when he's in the court he's not worrying about will i make the hoop mm-hmm. that is not the question you're right the question is can I manage the tackle in front of me? Can I manage mm, the right. pressure I'm receiving? Because when I get an opportunity to make the hoop, I'm going to make. The You're going hoop. to make the hoop. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of, you kind of have to know yourself mm. and understand yourself and operate more in that space mm. of, I know I can make that jump, mm. right? And so then the question is, then just make it. There's a, there's a fun golf film I watched once where the guy says, I mean he's he made golf in history because he took so many shots to get there. Right. And the caddy comes up to him and says, can you make the shot or not? Mm-hmm. He's like, I can make the shot. So then, then just make the shot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Stop, you know, yeah, yeah.
1: how many times are they going to do this? Like, mm-hmm. can you make the shot or not? So he said, I mm-hmm. can make the shot. So he goes up, steps up, makes the shot. Right. So
0: that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, that's great. So, 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 you know, uh, knowing who you are, knowing yourself, and then, you know, not overthinking it and just going for it. Yeah. yeah do you have a routine or a rhythm about your life that you've put into place that to help stay productive as you're moving through things i'm not a stickler for routine
1: mm-hmm. uh as much um so you see you, you know you have the question around are you more uh go with the flow or mm-hmm. right? so i'm kind of i go with the flow of the season i'm in right so for example if I am going to travel into the office, then, you know, I will plan to listen to a podcast mm-hmm. or read a book right. or prepare myself on the way in, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like, oh, if I've not done my quiet time yet, do it on the train. Mm-hmm. or So I kind of like prepare yourself on the way in. right? Um, that's kind of part of, maybe I would say part of my own mm-hmm. um, routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess part of my routine is almost to get what needs to be done done so the biggest element of my routine is what do i need to get done today Mm. so i realize realized that if i don't if i don't go into the day thinking what do i need to get done today i don't really have i have a a productive day right so the night before i need to know that i have an eight o'clock meeting like i rather know that the night before than wake up in the morning and say oh what do i have today all right i'm kind of like a be prepared kind of guy. So be prepared and then you can then take challenges that come your way. Mm. So there's an element of that. So I don't think I I can nail it down. Like some people sure. say, oh, I'll go for, I had one guy on the other day was like, I'll go for a run and mm. then I'll do this and I'll have a quick swim and then I'm, yeah. I'm mentally, I have tried the cold shower thing. Have you tried the cold shower thing? <laughs> I've tried it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so not like, fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know whether it works or not, right? So mm. um, I think, I think I'm more this kind of guide person that says, you know, be prepared. Like yeah. be prepared for what comes But I also have this feeling that if you kind of go into a day and mm-hmm. thinking, okay, today I'm just gonna have meetings and then nobody comes to the meetings. Mm-hmm. And then so are you now lost? Yeah. So yeah, sure. I never want to be in that kind of I'm lost moment. I mm-hmm. kind of want to be like if there's no meetings, then I'm just gonna read. If there's no reading mm-hmm. then I'm gonna take a walk. So yeah. There's an mm-hmm. the element of that where maybe go with the flow comes into the day, yeah. but I like to plan out my day. So I mm-hmm. do live my life a little bit around my diary.
0: Um, so now I thought we could move into the main topic of courage. Okay. Um, so I thought if we go for the, the sort of macro uh, perspective and say, what do you think about when you think of courage? What's the first sort of things that come to mind? And I know you're not expecting this. Oh. So, I'm going to turn it around. Okay. What do you oh, think? Oh no. <laughs> I was afraid that would happen. <laughs> well, um, I think. I think for me you know from a background of i i suffered with um, extreme anxiety and panic attacks and so you know a lot of my decisions were based around fear and so for me courage was something that other people had uh, and it be, and it was just a natural thing that either you had it or you didn't have it and then so throughout my journey what i found is actually courage isn't the lack of fear it's uh, it's an action that you take despite how you feel mm. uh, and if you feel fearful you know uh, you've got to find depending on the situation yeah. you've got to find a way of moving forward just that one step and then uh, yeah and growing in that so that, that's mm. kind of my sort of thought on it. that's a good one Um, I mean I think I, I think of courage as acts of bravery right mm. so you
1: like you said like you, you have fear in front of you mm. but it was courageous enough to fight off the lion yeah there's right? a great film 1996 Denzel Washington Matt Damon uh, called Courage Under Fire I don't oh. know what you ever no, seen. I haven't seen that one I haven't seen
0: that
2: one
1: and um it kind of just shows that sometimes even courage mm-hmm. can be on the fire. Your mm-hmm. bravery can be questioned like you because courage to some people might look like stupidity yes, like, like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's going left and you decide to face the fire mm-hmm. and go and rescue a boy right now, not everybody can do that no. right, and um sometimes we are um, move to do things out of our own experiences, mm. uh, out of our own challenges. Um, and I think courage is a combination. I don't think it has a simple definition of, okay, this is me just facing my fears. Sure. I think it's more around based on the stories of your life, mm. there's something that you might do that looks courageous. Yes, and There's something that I might do that doesn't look courageous. Mm-hmm. So for example, me starting on a platform to speak to 10 people. is not, doesn't require much courage sure. for me. Mm. But for somebody who's afraid of speaking in public, mm. that's super courageous. Yeah. So I think it is, for me, courage is more bravery around my own personal uh, limitations. Mm. Mm. Yeah? So if, if I find, like you explained yourself, if I have a limitation on something, yeah. my ability is to overcome that limitation mm. and step into it is really where I see courage operating. So I I do think that courage is not easily defined, Mm -hmm. even though we would like to all say, oh, that was courageous, that was courageous, that was courageous. But it might be courageous for you, because you as an onlooker, you're observing it and say, oh, we're going to go to the top of that building and jump down. Whereas you don't realize that that person does trampolining for a living. Mm -hmm. So, to him, it's not courageous. It's just stepping off the ledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, So I think that's, that would be my kind of additional mm. element to it. It's kind of something I've been looking at recently in terms of, you know, was that really courageous? Because somebody else might see me as mm. being courageous. And I'm thinking to myself, no, that's not me being courageous. So I can't camp at that and say I've done something courageous. Yeah. You know, um, I have to know by myself that
0: have I really been brave there? You know, so I like that, and it, I think you know, you know, to, to just hone in a little bit yeah. on um, it can mean different things to different people. Having a conversation with someone, just a family member, let's say, um, and avoiding that conversation for 10 years because you're scared about what the ever the outcome, and then finally having that conversation could be such a courageous thing, yeah. Uh, whereas for some people, that would be nothing, they'd be like, Oh, I could do that all day long. Uh, whereas I like, your, I like your analogy of the example of um jumping off a building for a trampoline is probably like yeah jump jump all the time so yeah there's definitely a a, a frontier element to it isn't there like yeah. stepping into something, something that yeah. you don't know or are scared of um yeah. i think i can't remember is it called flooding is the psychological technique that uh, psychiatrists use where if you have an extreme fear of something they um they push you towards it and yeah. give you like lots of it uh, so that you become flooded by it and therefore you go, oh, that wasn't as bad as what I thought. thought yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't recommend it in every scenario, but that's, you know, one technique to, <laughs> to get there. Yeah, you don't want people leaving this and then going to get flooded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, uh, I was going to ask you if there was a movie or a book or it was some sort of resource that really inspired you in your personal journey uh, to courage. I mean, there's there's been many things. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean,
1: one definitely was... Um, courage on the Fire. Yeah. Um, there's another one about the Navy SEAL diver who became the first black Navy SEAL mm-hmm. diver. Even though he broke his leg, he still became the first oh, amputee. Yeah. I think he's done a few talks Navy, that yeah, way. Yeah Navy, yeah, Navy SEAL diver. So that that's probably one. But mm-hmm. I think another one is, as a child growing up, I I watched um, a small play. It was about the birth of Sam Samuel. Okay. and how his mom was persecuted by the other lady because she had more children than her and then they depict this and, and i felt really um outraged and at her suffering but then also encouraged by her courage mm. like like i mean i know it's a, a drama so it's not real life but it kind of sowed a seed in me in terms of courage requires you to overcome something mm, right yeah. so and then, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm drawn to heroes, underdogs sure. who kind of perform mm-hmm. in, um, in, in different circumstances. And I, I don't know whether this is related to what you're saying, no, but no, um, I, have, I have a story in my head. And then the story is I used to work security um, a long, long time ago. And one day, we were, my friend and I, I have a civil engineering degree. He has an electronic engineering degree in Time and chance happened to us that we were working in security together. Uh, a guy comes up to us. He parks his golf. And he looks at us. I mean, we don't really know why he did this. I mean, we have some suspicion. He looks at us and he looks at us both and looks at us and says, you would never be able to afford one of these. Oh, wow.
0: And
1: I'm like, from where to where? Like, what? what where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny because then I would say I did a courageous thing. So I made up my mind there on the spot that the next time I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy a brand new car, completely brand new. I'm going to go to the shop, go to the dealer and mm. say, I want to buy a brand new off, you know, off the court. Like mm. that, I'm going to point at it <laughs> yeah. and that's the car I'm going home with. Mm. And, you know, and I think the run up to that felt very courageous, very mm. Anti what was thrown at me, right, right right, because the guy doesn't know me from Adam, he' probably never would see me again, mm. and I've never seen him since then, it's mm. about almost twenty five years ago, right, but that mm. sticks with you, right, because it was a challenge, yeah, and then you have to kind of rise above that challenge sure. because you can either allow what people say to you to hold you back, mm. because logically, maybe he's right at two pound fifty an hour. It's going to take you a long time to earn that money. But that that's not my destination. That was mm. not my destination. Mm. It was just a moment on my journey. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, I think where you are on your journey um, also impacts mm. what you would do. Yeah. Um, when you're four foot tall and you're told to jump into the deep end, it's very different from when you're the pool is six feet and you're six feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's very different. Right. Yeah, different. So, I think life and circumstances Either give us opportunities for courage to come to the surface mm-hmm. or for courage not actually to be required. Because there's something that I don't, if courage was like a bank account, mm-hmm. I don't have to draw on courage to do certain things. Mm,
0: yes. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's knowing what you need to draw courage
0: for mm. that's the key to life. Actually. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And that's, that's a challenge as well. You know, yeah. you, there are things in your life that you've probably done loads and loads of times you don't need to dip into your courage bank account anymore and uh, maybe that's the time to start stepping into something new and uh, you know finding things that you do need courage for as well yeah uh, the other interesting thing about what you said there was um this guy's comment to you yeah uh, it, it didn't really occur to me that actually that sparked something you know so other, what other people say can spark something and it's how you respond to that yeah um that's important you know yeah. and, and you chose to go right actually i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna do in this case, the car.
1: Yeah, something different, mm. Yeah. Mm. and something very similar. So, and I know there are many other examples we can give about courage, but sure. I'm just giving the ones that come to my mind. Yeah, no, we're talking, really. and I remember when I joined uh, a company, um, a pharmaceutical company, and I always tell people when you join a new company, when you go for a new job, always try and find out what the parameters have you been brought in. Like, mm-hmm. did they bring you at the top of the ladder? Mm-hmm. Are you? when is your next promotion going to be due, mm-hmm. etc. Just information so you kind of know what you're setting yourself up yeah. to. So day two in this job, I realized, oh my gosh, like I, they brought me in at the way top of the band. Like, mm-hmm. this is, there's nowhere to go. Like, I, I'm not even sure they can give me a pay rise yeah. if I do one year well. Mm-hmm. So I go to my boss's boss and I just met him in the corridor. No, I met him in front of his office and I said, hey Dominic, um, what do you have to do to get promoted here? Mm-hmm. And he was like, most people get promoted after five years. As I walked in, I was like, five years, no way. I'm not going to be here mm. doing this job for five years. Mm. not me. It's not the way I'm wired. And the reality is that in, I stayed seven years at client, and I had five different jobs. So wow. I would say four promotions yeah. and five different jobs. Wow. But wow. it all came out, yeah. trigger with that conversation, with like what you're saying. Yeah. So sometimes you have a conversation that spurs you mm. to greatness well, some people actually that convention would have just slowed them down mm. and they would have then waited and waited and waited and waited yeah and then they would kind of comply with the five-year rule because mm. it wasn't like a written rule you couldn't go to a book somewhere and said you will have to wait five years yes, yes. it was just his opinion yeah based on his experience right. i had something very interesting the other day mm. which it's a challenge to me because i mentor people and he said right. One of the biggest challenges for a mentor is not to limit your mentee's experience Mm,
0: to your to yours. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So it took me five years to get promoted. Mm. It's probably what he was thinking. Yeah. So I'm telling you, it's going to take you five years Mm. to get promoted. Mm. But I had a different experience, like a very, 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 very different, pleasant experience. Yeah, sure. Which serves me well. So I think, yeah, I think that's also because people think of courage and they think of more big danger rather than small danger yes yes you know absolutely um, your academic success mm. if your professor says you're never going to pass this exam mm. you know um, you know there's just different things and all these little things require some element
0: of college yeah absolutely it reminds me of um, I went to the University of Greenwich and it was um, at the Royal naval Co- Naval College in, in Greenwich and so we beautiful were, place gorgeous and we were the first year there you know um, so everything was new. Anyway, I turned up, and um, to get there, I had to go through clearing because I didn't do too well on my A-levels. And I remember meeting uh, – sorry, so, so, I'd, so I'd got my flat ready, you know, paid the student, u- the student fees and everything, and then I met the, uh, a lady who was in charge of registration or whatever. So I'm already like settled in and everything go- going. And I said, um, yeah, you know, I've just got to sign this form. I was told to come here. And she looked at my background, and she looked at me, and she said, I think there's been a big mistake. You shouldn't be at this university. And I was like, well, well I've, I've, you know, everything's been paid for everything's done. she's like, you're not going to pass here. Um, your, your grades don't show that. You know, you're, you're up to this. Um, and I was like, oh man, like, what am I going to do with my life? And I was like, no, no, I will do this. I will do this. And then um, three years later, I uh, managed to get a first class with honors. Wow. I went back to that office and I couldn't find a lady anywhere, but I just wanted to go. Yeah. You remember what you said three years ago? I'm yeah. back, I'm back. So I think, you know, what people say to us can have an impact on us. Yeah. And I guess it's the response that we have to step into that with courage yeah. or we can, you know, be burdened by, oh my gosh, yeah, this is true. Yeah. I'm never going to make it.
1: And, that, and that's kind of one philosophy I live my life is that the only thing you can control mm-hmm. is yourself. Is yourself, yeah. So it's yeah. your response to that statement mm-hmm. is what you can control. Yeah. You can't control anything else. You can't control the words coming out of her mouth. No, you can't control the lecturers who are going to lecture you. Mm. But what you can control is okay. How am I going to respond to what I've just heard? Yeah, yeah. Now, for some people, it's easier. For some people, it's harder. Mm. But for all of us, we just have to kind of make up our minds and say, mm. "How am I going to respond to mm. what I've just heard?" Yeah, for sure. You know, mm. I'm, what am I going to do differently based on what I've just heard?
0: Mm. I was saying that to my son. Uh, I think it was yesterday. We were just talking about how everything in life there's an element of choice to it. And yeah. it's up to you how you respond to things. I think he's wrestling with that at the moment at nine years old, but you know, <laughs> getting yeah. him started on that journey of thinking about it. And, and there's an element of choice, but I
1: mean, I, I don't know if your viewers have watched King Richard. Mm-hmm. Like, um, a guy has two kids, mm-hmm. and his, his view is they're going to go to Wimbledon. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's it. That, yeah. Like he's set on it. Like he's literally coaching them to go to Wimbledon. He's going to go through every possible hope mm-hmm. that exists on the earth for them to get to Wimbledon. Mm. And
0: guess what? They got there. And they got there. Now,
1: yes, so you could say, is it taught? Is it natural? Is it, for them, I'm sure it's a combination of all Mm. those things Mm. and a bit of determination, a bit of will, a bit of courage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Um, Because your pathway to Wimbledon is not going to be straightforward. Mm. We're not going to, Throw out a rolling uh, um, uh, a white carpet for you. Say, hey, hello! You want to go to Wimbledon? <laughs> no. Like we've all been trying to get there. You now no, want no. to just come and go there? Okay, we're just going to stand back and watch you do that. Yeah, no, you're yeah. going to have to fight really hard. And that's where the courage comes in. Yeah. it's in the courage in the face of danger, courage in the face of failure, yeah. courage like courage to kind of go one more time. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm not going to give up. Like you know, that's kind of where courage comes into yeah, power. And,
0: and not to not to you know dwell on the race yeah. aspect. But, you know, we all have barriers um, in front of us. And then, you know, growing up as a person of color, you know, as I grew up, I had different barriers to other people who weren't, you know, maybe were white uh, living in the UK. Um, and I think, you know, the struggle is we can, we can hide behind that and say, oh, I didn't get given the opportunities. Or I could. But actually the way that we respond to any barrier, whatever it looks like, uh, it does come down to us you know, within, within, you know, within reason, reason. Yeah. yeah,
1: within reason, but there are, there are indications, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, since you want to go on the race, I just thought with second, the King Richard, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. yeah, we could just, we could just kind of stay there for a second. And I, I remember, you know, people asked me, what's the most racist thing that happened to you? Mm-hmm. And I, I think the biggest one was I was working in River Island as a security guard, mm-hmm. did day one, it was 23rd of December, and then Christmas Eve, I get a tap on my mm-hmm. shoulder and it's like, you need to go home. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. So I was a plainclothes store detective.
0: <gasps> <gasps> you became a detective. <gasps> <Hey. laughs> a clothes <laughs> store detective.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I basically got a tap on the shoulder by my supervisor says, Well, the manager doesn't think your face fits.
0: Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: That your face is not the face they would like to be welcoming customers. <laughs> so I went back and then I got. Shipped back to my old, you know, my old digs. Mm-hmm. I get there, and my job mentor Amanda looks at me and says, "Are you gonna take that? Like, are you gonna take that sitting down?" I said, "Don't apply for another job. Go mm-hmm. somewhere else." Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what gave me the courage to then apply for another security job that paid yeah. more, yeah. and kind of helped me kind of on my way. So I think, you know, things can happen to us. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong; I'm not I'm not undermining um other people's experience sure. so I'm just saying that that was my experience yeah, yeah and I could have gone home and like oh, look at me poor me yeah. you know, I was like no but I've got bills to pay've yeah. got like and and my job mentor that's why mentoring is so important she just looked at me and said are you gonna take that yeah like wow. you' you're you're more valuable than that yeah. like you're more valuable than that so if they think your face doesn't fit mm, they find right. somewhere that says your face' does fit Yeah, And while you're doing it, get more money. Shout out Amanda. Was it
0: Amanda? (laughs) Yeah, Amanda. Come on, Amanda. That's awesome. (laughs) But again, I think the thread here is, you know, uh, people speak over you. And then again, it's, you know, how you react to that, how you respond to that, which is important. Oh, here's a question for you. (laughs) Drawing from your experiences, can you think of an example where you really had to put it on the line and take a risk and step into courage? Is it like a big moment that you can think of in life? There probably are many
1: moments, but I, I'm also sitting here thinking, well, it could have been a big moment for me, mm. but was it a big moment for you, right? Sure. So I probably t- say two stories. Okay. Yeah. So great. the first story is, so I've kind of talked about my experience as a as a security guard, and then I got to work in the University of Manchester, and. As I was working there, I realized I had two paths to take. Like my dad's an accountant, and I had an opportunity to stay in accounting, right. or I could follow this new technology around programming mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. IT, which is super new to me, and I don't have a degree in it or anything. But I took the jump and the plunge to kind of go for it, mm-hmm. and, I, and I kind of went for it, and you know, I am where I am today. Uh, and I don't know what would have happened if I went the other way, but mm-hmm. I realized that I to really maximize my potential I needed to go into something I'd never done before right. which was a big big risk Yeah, but it also turned out to be a great opportunity mm. that's kind of be one thing mm-hmm. um, you know I would say moving to the UK after I did my degree in Nigeria my yep. fiance was here I wasn't getting jobs in Nigeria and I wasn't getting jobs here <laughs> oh, well so my fiance was here so I said oh, I'll move over from the Nigeria mm. to the UK mm. that's a big jump yeah, like, so you're yeah. kind of like that sets your whole life, you know, on a on a kind of a balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, again, I look back and it's kind of worked out. Yeah. But if I think more in small scale, um, a couple of years ago, maybe fifteen years ago, I went on my first mission trip to Malawi, mm-hmm. and um, you know, corresponded through letters and eventually a phone call, and I jump on a plane and I go out to Malawi and I land in Malawi, and we take a bus ride for about. 45 minutes and then we take a bicycle ride for about <clears throat> 25 minutes and we're still not at the destination um, and then we walk through this jungle well not jungle more like um on proper on road on marked roads like you definitely and i'm like to myself i'm saying what am i doing here <laughs> like,
0: why, why, why am i here like
1: what what's going on here no. and you know for a slight moment, you're kind of like, you know, it could all end here. You mm. know? Like, potentially, like, you know. Um, but then you kind of, summon courage from within you, because you're kind of like, I'm not here by accident, I'm, I'm here on purpose. Right. And, you know, almost 15 years later, we've now planted a church in the same community. Oh, amazing. We have a thriving church there. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that sometimes you've got to do something that you're kind of uncomfortable with. Yeah, sure. To kind of really push you out. And then all of a sudden, Going to strange places, then never, never, it's not a problem for mm-hmm. you anymore. So, I guess those are two or three examples yeah, where yeah, I can great. give. But I'm, I'm sure there are many more. Um,
0: but yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think if we if we hold a magnifying glass, just in in those three moments where you had to make a decision to yeah. you know, seek some courage, you know, do you remember what went through your mind? Is there like a, was there something that was like right? I need to in order to... Move so, forward. I think they were all different. So, if I think yeah. about
1: moving from Nigeria to yeah. here, it was, I went to an interview. Mm-hmm. Three of us went for the same interview. Mm-hmm. We realized that the guy who was interviewing us favored the other girl. Right. And then me and the lady in the, in the corridor, we looked at each other. We were friends from university. We looked at each other. Like, we're not getting this job, are we? Mm-hmm.
0: And we just looked at each
1: other. Like, Why don't we just go to the UK? We were both British born. Right. So we were just like, let's do it. Okay. We both live, I mean, we both moved to the UK about the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this element of courage that yeah, came yeah, yeah. from just, the, hey, what's, you know, why don't we just do this? Like, yeah. let's go for something different. If I, So that's kind of when I moved to the UK. So I kind of like, I just set my face like a flint, mm. if you like. And I just literally left the interview, found a phone, called my fiance. I was yep. like, I'm coming in nice. two weeks' time. Uh, from there I drove to my dad's office and mm-hmm. said okay here's the deal I need you to loan me some money to buy my flight and when I get there I'll start working I'll send you the money back mm-hmm. so that's you know like this is all happening like yeah, this is yes, live, less than like, 24 hours yeah, like, wow. and then next time you mm-hmm. gave me the money bought the ticket boom mm-hmm. I'm on a flight yeah, yeah, yeah. out to a different country you know right so 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 if I look back at that I think it was more the current dynamic because mm-hmm. somebody could have talked you down off the ledge and sure. said hey look, okay that job didn't go well mm. let's try another job mm. let's try you know but I, I didn't even entertain that I was almost like boom I'm, this is what I'm doing yeah, like, yeah, you know and it was interesting because when I then moved to the UK my pe- my parents-in-law pulled my wife back mm-hmm. so then you're thinking did I make a mistake because oh, now yeah. I'm on my own yes right so now you have to kind of summon enough courage to kind of keep moving yeah. because you you've set yourself on this path so yeah so and if I look at the Malawi situation it's more like it could be worse right mm. right okay i'm in a place there's no power there's no electricity there's no but there's people they live here mm. so why don't i just find out more about mm. how they live here mm. and learn something from this experience yeah sure so yeah so i think each of these things requires a bit of introspection mm. like a more like what would i do if i wasn't doing this mm. right because you know i could stay in nigeria i could have stayed in nigeria but then I will be sitting here in your studio yeah. right now <laughs> and
0: having this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I think there's a, there's something interesting that I'm picking up off that in the sense that you're saying, why don't I just, why don't I just. Because yeah. often we go, these are reasons why I shouldn't do this. Yeah. But actually, why not try something? Yeah. Uh, and there's a boldness that kind of comes out from from thinking that way even. Yeah, uh, even the way that you phrase the statement within your own mind, yeah, um, creates momentum. It forward. does. Yeah, I know. and and I think
1: so. I know you asked me a question before, and it's only now, and sometimes you get a flow in a particular direction mm-hmm. of thinking. Sure. So I remember um, I was in Manchester working as a security guard mm-hmm. in Moss Side. So you know, you know anything about Moss Side? It's not that oh, so Moss Side. I mean. People who are listening to this, if you knew anything about Mosside in the early 90s, oh, then right. yeah, it was a drug infested, mm. you know, criminal. And that's all changed. It's all beautiful and they've mm. done a rehabilitation, mm. it looks really nice. But wow. back then I was in a working in a market in Mosside and this guy comes in to rob, I think the butchers with a knife. And I'm on duty, security guy oh, on duty. Like, yeah. you know, we're doing an interview, like there should be no real hassles, it's just a market, yeah. it's all cool. So this guy has a knife, robs the butchers, butchers someone I've got to know because I've been working there for a couple of months. I'm like, no, there's no way you're getting away with this. Mm. And so I go after him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, go after him, tackle him to the ground. Mm. The police come take him away. And you know, when he's done, your supervisor's like, why did you go after him? He had a knife. I was like, I wasn't thinking. I just mm. thought at this moment, split second, I can take this guy. Yeah. And then then I'm also thinking, this is my job anyway. I'm here to secure. So I stick this guy. Now, Mm. you know, of course you get reprimanded a little bit, like, you know, next time you should look for backup, blah, blah, blah. But in the moment, Mm. it was resolved because I added a little bit of salt (laughs) flavor (laughs) to it, right? Taking some courage and, you know, now I can tell you the story, but, you know, Mm. it's not always like that. Like, so I'm just saying that, because you step out in courage doesn't mean it always ends up positive. Sure. Like I could have atta- gone after him and mm. he could have stabbed me. It could have been, it could have worked out another way. Mm. But I don't think I would feel less um, interested in doing it in again mm. because it's like that whole desire of fulfilling yourself, the bravery, the yeah. facing a challenge yeah, 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 is yeah. the whole idea of courage. There's a heroicness. To, yeah. You know, I'm not even, I wouldn't even go with the heroicness. It's more, around regret if I look back at that situation and think I
0: didn't mm-hmm. take, mm-hmm. you know, I retreated. Yeah. And, and I And I didn't mean like you chase yeah. the heroic feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just there's something noble within that that yeah. makes you go, okay, this is this is my patch. This is my, yeah. I, I feel responsible. I'm going to go for it. Um, but a lot of what you're saying today is really, you know, and, and a takeaway that I'm getting from this and maybe um, people listening is, uh, you know, there's a thread of not overthinking too much, like really just, making a decision and, and 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 going for it you know yeah. in the moment as well because i think we can be paralyzed by fear if we start over analyzing for 10 minutes what i should be doing yeah. especially in a situation like that, that 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 guy's long gone you know yeah <laughs> well wow what a story i wanted to ask you if there are people and i know we have kind of thrown a few names around here but are there people that have come to mind uh sorry people that come to mind that have challenged you or inspired you yeah in your journey in life um, I was having a little read of your new book, uh, The Art of Managing Up. Um, and I know you mentioned at the beginning um, a couple of your uh, mentors as well in, in different yeah. areas of life. Um, so feel free to talk about them or anyone else that comes to mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I never want to overplug mentoring, but I think you can't overplug it. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think mentoring is like very pivotal. Mm. So, And if I look along my career journey... I talked about Amanda already. Mm-hmm. So came from Nigeria, never seen a security role at this university. And I'm thrown into this job. Mm-hmm. And you need somebody to kind of show you the ropes. Like, what does it really mean to be a security guard? And and Amanda was that kind of job mentor that really kind of helped me on my my journey. Yeah, And all through my career, there's always been people that have helped me. But mm-hmm. well, something that really, really, I would always kind of flag as my heroic mentor is Barry. Um, I was a senior manager in PricewaterhouseCoopers. Right. And, um, I was at the same time where I discovered I had dyslexia. So there's kind of knocks your confidence and um, I thought I was ready for a promotion. The company said I wasn't ready that I needed to kind of get, be prepared by this mentor. Mm-hmm. So They find me this mentor. So I go into Barry's office and I can never be tired of telling this story I go into Barry's office. And um, meeting him for the first time, mm-hmm. he says, They tell me you're good. Mm. But I don't care. Like, you gotta prove to me that you're good. Oh wow. All right. So you y- you don't come, you might come with accolades, mm-hmm. and that's why I've received you, mm-hmm. but in this room, you gotta prove to me. So he says, Okay, so what do you do? So I kind of tell him. And I finished talking about two minutes, of, two minutes of talking. He says, I don't. <laughs> and the reason why I don't understand what you're saying is because I'm listening as if I'm my grandma mm. in a in a pub mm. on a Sunday afternoon and I ask you what do you do because you give me you throw at me all these acronyms and and if you want to make director the people you're going to be talking to might not know what you do mm. so when I ask you what do you do like they would ask you in the directors panel I'm asking you to concisely explain to me. The language my grandmother can understand, yeah, what you do. <laughs> and that was just the beginning of, you know, and you know, the great story is that the following year I did go for my panel mm-hmm. and I got the best score in the whole department Come on. to the extent that the head of the panel had to call me up and said, We're gonna leak your result to you because we've never seen anybody score this high. Wow. Like just so you know, like you you are, yeah. you know, you in that moment, I still remember commissioning my sister-in-law mm-hmm. to make special cards for all my mentors mm-hmm. for that period. And I made a special card for Barry just to thank him yeah. for what he did because I feel like I wouldn't have got there. Mm-hmm. like Because a year before that, a year before meeting him, I failed an assessment right. um, for directorship. Mm-hmm. And actually, the, the, the guy who was my kind of coach on the day said, well, you know you got one way or the other. I'm not sure you're ever going to make it as a director because your, your thinking is so wrong. Mm. That's what Barry changed.
2: Right, 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 yeah.
1: So just by me engaging with him, he changed my thinking, changed my approach. I think that's the power of mentors. And this mm. is a guy who had been through that same experience like 20 years ago, but he was so relevant mm. and had this methodology of kind of helping me think through what I do, why I do it, etc. And even till this day, I still kind of reach out to him, even though he's retired, oh, wow. and get advice for him when I'm going through sticky situations. So, mm-hmm. I think the power of a mentor and people on your journey is mm-hmm. very, very, it's it's transformational. Sure, it's transformational. Like, sure. it's, it's transformational. like and I don't think I would be here, like where I'm in my career, without people kind of help me on the way who kind of mm. maybe the word i would use because of the title of your podcast is pump courage into you. yes yes like they, pump, they, they kind of pump courage into you. it's like come yeah. on you, you can do this yeah. come on let's go yeah.
0: and it goes a long way doesn't it it does um and i think on on, on one of the podcasts recently we, we were talking about how it doesn't actually cost anything no. I, I mean time i understand and all the rest yeah. of it but actually that you know to encourage someone uh and to help them you know have a more positive mindset around yeah. something it doesn't actually cost uh, and,
1: and, so and, and you'd be surprised how much of this actually goes on mm. so again not plugging a book but plugging a book it's called um, a, Tr- a trillion dollar coach right uh, it's, a, it's a story of a guy called bill campbell okay which many people don't know mm. and might never know but this book was actually written by the ceo of google okay because bill campbell was the guy who mentored him, wow. coached him, and actually, when they read out the people he coached—people in Apple, Google, mm-hmm. Facebook, anything in Silicon Valley that moved—would mm-hmm. say they had an encounter with him. And actually, mm-hmm. this book is written by three very senior people in Google, right? Who were like, "He wouldn't like. He's dead now. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have told his own story, so we're going to tell this story for mm-hmm. And it's story after story after wow. story after story of how they would come to him and he would just pump courage into them. Mm. like okay we want to do this product launch is the product ready we're not sure yeah we were, we're doubting ourselves and they go to bill bill kind of just pumps courage into.
0: yeah, them. yeah.
1: and actually that's why they call him the trillion dollar coach because what they're saying is that when you look at all his coaching efforts it's worth three a trillion dollars wow. in market value amazing. um and it's amazing because you think Someone like Eric Schmidt, CEO mm-hmm. of Google, mm-hmm. why does he need a coach? Why does he need mm-hmm. somebody in his life? Well, actually, Eric recently re- resigned from Google. But even in that moment, he kind of writes in the book to say, even in that moment, he was like, I wish Bill was here mm-hmm. just to run my idea past him. Yeah, right? sure. And, and that's kind of the impact that we could have on, on people's mm-hmm. lives. And so that, that book has really phenomenally impacted me. Because if I think about what do I want my life, what do I want to be remembered for? That's the kind of life I, I, you know, I would like to be remembered for, you know, helping people overcome Mm -hmm. barriers, you know, Mm -hmm. get the promotion they never thought they could get, get that pay rise they never thought they could get, get that job they never thought they could get. Mm -hmm. I think that's all part of pumping courage into people Mm -hmm. and helping people do things, you know, that um, they didn't think they could do or they think they could do it. But he just needed somebody's shoulder to stand on. Yeah, kind of, you know. Sure. and we have a common friend, Liam. So mm. I mean, when I met Liam, he was nineteen mm. and had full of dreams and ambitions, but didn't have the technical know-how to kind of um, navigate, you know, the church world to kind of get this right. thing done. And um, look at him today, mm. right? So, uh, and I had the privilege of mentoring him and sure. help him, you know, bring his dreams alive. Mm. And you know, and I think that's just life. Like I think life is more around just, like you said, it doesn't cost anything mm. for, and even if it did cost you something, even right, if it did, yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter mm. because the impact of somebody who's been on a journey to show you the shortcuts mm. on the journey, mm. you cannot, you can't put a value on that. Yeah, you, absolutely. Know, you can't put a value on that. And I don't think I would have been a director at PwC if I didn't have Barry. Mm. I would have tried. Right. And probably would have failed and tried again and probably would have failed. Mm. But with Barry, I almost had this unconscious confidence because mm. he drilled me as if I was in the panel. Sure. So by the time I got to the
0: panel, it was easy peasy. It's a bit. It's like going back to Michael Jordan. You know, yeah. you knew you were going to make the shot. It yeah. was just all the tackles and the bits yeah. and bobs that you had to deal with. Yeah. And, ba- and Barry trained you for that, which he is did.
1: Amazing. Yeah. And, and, and you know yeah. the beauty of the whole thing mm. when you, if you if you if you had Barry on your podcast, for example, mm-hmm. he wouldn't say that he trained me for he would just say that he was just helping me. Sure. So, so sometimes you even undervalue the value that you bring to other people's lives. Yeah, life that's good. Because you're just looking at it on the surface. Yeah. So it's it's. I, I think I wrote something once that I said, it's only the mentee that really knows the true value of a mentor. Mm, yeah, that's good. Because as a mentor, you don't know what value you're bringing. Yeah. You might have an idea, yeah. you might have a hope,
2: mm. but it's only
1: me, the mentee, that looks back and says, wow, Barry, you changed my life. Mm. And he's like, you know,
2: yeah,
0: absolutely, you know. That's good. Because you have a vision for your life. Well, you know, yeah. most people. The ideal. Yeah. You have a vision for your life and you know roughly where you're going. Um, whereas the person that you're asking for help doesn't know that part, but they can help you unlock part of the journey i think there's a quote in your book that says uh, a mentor takes you on the road they have been and shows you shortcuts to the destination yeah and i thought that was really powerful you know getting those shortcuts so that you can get there ahead of the time it took them to get there Um, and that's something we can pass down i think it's worth you know having professional mentors that you pay for and uh, and i think when i was talking about it doesn't cost you nothing to encourage i think you can encourage in other you know in other ways in other environments and it doesn't cost a thing. Um, no. And it's powerful. you know. And we don't know where people are at. you know. No, we don't. We're talking no. in, in terms of the workplace and stuff like that. Yeah. But sometimes just encouraging But even, work, in, life, yeah, even in life.
1: Even in life. Even in life. I met a guy the other day who was telling me how difficult it was for them to have children. Mm. They waited 11 years to have a child. Uh. But there was people along the way that kept saying, don't
2: give up. Don't mm. give up.
1: I didn't even want to do IVF. Mm. So they had to wait, wait. Yeah, but he would say that the people that encouraged him the most were the people just kept saying like, "If you really want it, you can have it." Mm-hmm. Like, we don't. I, I don't. I don't even have an answer for you. Like, I, but I do. I'm just gonna keep encouraging you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if this is what you want, then you can
0: have it. Then you can go for it. Yeah, because yeah. I think there's there's so many messages out there. You know, we can we can we can uh, dissect that another time. But there's so many things out there that you know are giving you the opposite message, yeah. like. You have to compare yourself to this person. You're not gonna make it. You're not a success yeah. unless you've compared yourself to whoever's successful, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And we we you know, we, we have this message of um, yeah, I can't do that. Not me, not for me, I'm not good enough,
1: et cetera, yeah. Et cetera. I mean, I don't wanna to digress too much, but if you think about the impact of social media, mm-hmm. Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, it kind of puts it in your face. Yeah. So so people forget that a lot of things you see mm-hmm. online takes time like mm. um, somebody said a good vision takes time to execute sure right mm. um, and sometimes you just have to allow time mm. so the other thing about courage is that courage it doesn't give up easily right yes it yes. kind of pushes
2: through mm-hmm.
1: you know um, the bible um, says a man falls seven times the righteous man falls seven, mm. but then he stands up again he mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't give up he, you don't say because i'm out I've been knocked down, then I'm out. Mm-hmm. You, know, you cannot keep going. Yeah. That's really where courage goes. And there's a film in, in the box office right now about um, a blind man right. who, or it's a documentary, a blind man who um, climbed some hill with a okay. dog. Against changed a lot. Even a normal person couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. But a blind man chooses mm-hmm. to go on this journey with his dog Falls, gets up, falls, and They asked him, "Did you ever feel like giving up?" And he said, "Loads of times." <laughs> but I just kept saying to myself, "I can
2: do this." Mm.
1: You know, I can do this when it's cold. I can do this. I could. You just have to keep it saying to yourself, "Yeah, I can do this." So,
0: and 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 you know, looking at failures as lessons as well, and going, "Right, yeah. what can I do differently?" Or how can I do this a little bit, just that little bit, one percent better the next time, and then growing that. You know, it was
1: it was about twenty years ago. Mm. I read a book by John Maxwell called mm-hmm. Failing Forward. Failing Forward, right, right, yeah. Just looking at failure as a stepping stone rather than a stumbling block. Mm-hmm. And I think it was transformation. Yeah, yeah. Because then you see failure as a learning. And actually somebody once said, failure is not a destination.
2: Mm-hmm. Failing
1: is just a journey. Mm-hmm. So I failed at that thing. Yeah. But so that should not be the end. Failure is like a, failure fa- feels like a stop. Mm-hmm. failed well, Whereas failing, yeah, or failing forward, is more like, I made a mistake. Learned from it. Mm. You know, there was this thing about but Einstein. He says, um, he found 999 ways not to make a <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, rather than, I failed 999 times. Yeah, yeah So it's yeah. a mindset.
0: Change. Absolutely. I think the KFC, KFC, Colonel Sanders is a similar sort of thing. Yeah. He failed so many times and it wasn't until he was much later in his years where he, he started to see success because he, he just had that spirit that he wasn't going to give up. Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. You know, yeah, Lincoln, yeah, yeah, great example. So oh, many stories. Many, 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 many stories. <laughs> if you could sum up everything that we've talked about today. Wow. <laughs> That's a task in itself. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking about people listening or watching online. Um, you know, the sorts of people who are struggling with fear on a day-to-day basis. What, what advice would you give them? Where, where would you say for them to start on their journey of courage? Wow. So I'm going to first
1: say this. Like, mm-hmm. fear is a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And depending on who you are, your spiritual mindset, your educational background, um, where you live, mm-hmm. fear can be in your face, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to first acknowledge that. that yeah. Like, <clears throat> everybody has different levels of fear and everybody has different things that they're afraid of. And I think we made an earlier comment on the podcast around me speaking to 10 people, Mm -hmm. I don't have fear. Mm -hmm. But, you know, me speaking to a new group of people who've invited me to speak and I'm trying to impress, Mm -hmm. I have a little bit of nervousness. Sure. Right, that I have to overcome Mm -hmm. and then I get into the flow, Mm -hmm. right? So what would I say to people who are kind of facing fear every day? I would say from my own experience that sometimes you you need to stare fear in the face. Right. Right? So, you, you know, not quite the flooding you talked about earlier, but more like, if you're afraid of doing something, then find people around you who will encourage you, mm. to take baby steps, mm. to kind of overcome that fear. Yeah. Like, if you're afraid of flying, then maybe take a shot. Right? mm Rather than taking, oh, I'm afraid of flying, but I'm going to take a 13-hour flight to <laughs> Australia yeah. right, or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, so kind of like start small, like mm. gain momentum for yourself by doing things little by little. Mm. So, for example, there might be people here who say, "I want to write a book, but I'm afraid. Mm. Will it will it succeed? Will it fail? Yeah. yeah. And then I'll say, "Well, start with a blog.
2: Mm.
1: You know, don't go the full hundred pages. Start yeah. with the blog." Yeah. See how people react to their blog, mm-hmm. right? And even if they react badly, it doesn't stop you either, right? Yeah, You've yeah. got to keep going. So there's something about so what I'm trying to... I'm giving all that surround sound to say these two things. Number one, you need to know who you are mm-hmm. and who you're evolving to be. Right. Right? Because mm-hmm. if you know that, then it'll tell you how much courage you need to pump into yourself. Because, mm-hmm. yeah... Mentors can help, coaches can help, but they're only helping you yes. to achieve what you set out to
2: achieve. Yeah, that's good.
1: Right. So understanding yourself and kind of crying out for help when you need help is probably the first thing. Then mm. the second thing is this whole idea of take the challenge. Right. Take the challenge. Take the challenge. Mm. You know, you need to try it out. You need to book that ticket. Mm. You need to write the first line. Yes. You need to apply for that job. Mm. You know, I say to people, you can apply for a job. You can get it doesn't mean you have to take it. Yes, yeah, right. You can apply for a job. You get an interview. You don't have to go for it. Mm. Sometimes it's just the applying is what's going to free you. Yes. So I think you just need to take small steps. Mm, Right. Take small steps in the right direction of where you intend to Mm. go. Mm. And also maybe a third thing to add is. know what you're not going to do. Know what you're not going to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, for example, if you want to write a book, you know you're not writing an academic book mm-hmm. that's going to be a thousand pages long. So, instead of being overcome and overwhelmed and saying, oh, it's not going to be a thousand pages long, mm-hmm. this is where knowing yourself is important. So, oh, when I was writing this book, like, yeah. You talked about earlier. I mean, managing not The art of managing up. Mm-hmm. I kind of googled to see has anybody else written it? And yes, there, there, people had written volumes about the subject. Mm-hmm. But I made up my mind. I was like, I'm not trying to write an, academy, an academic book here. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a thousand pages. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for an opportunity to tell my story and what I learned from it. Yes, and that's it. So people who were reviewing the books are like, Oh, you could make this bigger. This could be multiple books. I was like, No. Mm. That's not the that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, aiming for an easy to read. You know, a lot of people that have read the book. Tell me that they read it in one sitting. Mm. They pick it up and then they finish it in two hours. Yeah, because it's that's how it's designed to be read. Yeah. Whereas I know that there are other books that are more like you come back to it, mm. you come back to it, and it's so deep and so yeah. But that's not what I was trying to achieve. Mm. So if I'm not trying to achieve that, and somebody puts it in front of me, well your book's never going to be a thousand pages," I was like, I know it's not. I'm not planning to for it yeah, to be a yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but but you know, you could make I was like, no, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be Michael Jordan in
2: basketball. Yeah. I
1: sure. just want to go throw some hoops. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not trying to be the next NBA champion, no. right? I'm not trying to be Tiger Woods. I just want to go, go out and hit a golf yeah, yeah. and enjoy it. And just yeah, enjoy yeah. the round. And so it kind of changes the pressure you feel mm-hmm. under. I'm not trying to be a Picasso. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i just like drawing and if nobody ever sees my art great i'm not bothered because that's not what i'm trying to do yeah yeah. now there'll be somebody else who's trying to be a picasso so you look at it differently because that's where you understand what you're trying to do yes what you're not trying and that goes back to your first point there yeah 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 yeah. so know what you're trying to do because then Mm. the flip side of that is that if you know you want to be a picasso Mm. and i'm telling you oh your art will be so nice in the first (laughs) form room you'd be like, dude, no, I'm, I want to be Picasso. Yeah, sure. So you're you're not helping by saying my art to be nice in the in the front room. Mm. Because that's not what I'm going for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also, if you're going to, uh, for, let's call it winning, mm-hmm. right? Then winning is cruel. Winning mm-hmm. doesn't take prisoners. Winning mm-hmm. Prison doesn't have second place. Yeah. You know, you, if you're going to win, you win. Yeah. Like, if you run her up, you know, it's not like what they do now. Oh, it's a medal for participation. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's a yeah. long answer, but I, I yeah. think there's an element of, Knowing what you're, like, mm. let me just say it. Knowing yeah, what yes, you're please. after, mm-hmm. know yourself, and then knowing what you're not going to mm-hmm. do. And um, again, I think I've already talked about winning this book by Tim Grove, who was a coach of Michael Jordan. right? He said winning is cruel. Yeah. Winning doesn't take prisoners. Like you win today, mm. winning doesn't say, oh, because you won the NBA last year, yeah, you get, yeah, you just get a free pass. No, mm. you don't. You have to, you have to win, win all those matches yeah. all over again and be the champion. And mm. that takes a lot of work, mm. you know? So winning, winning takes a lot of work. Yeah. And so you have to decide what you want to do. And sometimes you just come to participate. So mm. probably you don't need as much courage if you mm. just participate. But if you want to win, it's a different
0: kind of Yeah, race. absolutely. I really like, you know, I didn't really put much thought into this, but the idea of knowing what you're, what you're not trying to achieve. Yeah. I think, you, you know, you use the word pressure and taking the pressure off. And I yeah. think, you know, that's really important, you know, boundaries are important in many ways yeah. and, and 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 part of having boundaries is to give you freedom funnily enough yeah. um so yeah i think that's really powerful um i think all three but i think that's one i haven't really given much thought to that's yeah. good because i think in your head you think yeah i, I want to be all things to all people yeah. because you know you know but, but actually if you if you if you're on a road to get somewhere uh, it really helps to know which roads not to go on because it's yeah. got nothing to do with your, your it takes journey. the pressure
1: off yeah exactly. you know, a lot of people put themselves under a lot of pressure. Mm because they're trying to maybe fit an Instagram image yeah, or yeah, sure. what somebody said they should be or what they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, 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 let's go back to my car analogy. The guy comes up and says, you'll never afford this. Yeah. If I didn't want to have a car, it would be water off a dog's back. Mm-hmm. Fact, I'm not trying to get a car, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it only triggered me because I did want to have a car. I like cars. Yeah. Now, fast forward um, 30-something years. Today, I don't have a car. I choose not to have a car yeah. because I live in Germany and public transport is easy. Mm, you see, yeah, what I'm saying like yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, what was important to me as a 24, 25 year old person mm. is irrelevant to me right now. Sure, like I deliberately, intentionally gave up a good car mm. because I was like, I don't need the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, what I'm saying like, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, some people say, oh, so you're going to be very courageous to give up your car. I like, no, there's, there's, there's no courage in this. This is, this <laughs> yeah. is an easy choice. Yeah, for like, sure. You know, it's an easy choice. Yeah. So. And I, and I think that's a good analogy of look at what time does. Like yes. if you allow time to happen, if he said that to me now that like you would never be able to afford it, I was
0: like, mm. I'm not trying to buy one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's that's your disappointment, that's your... not mine. <laughs> I think a lot of what you're saying today as well, you know, I I love the the way you frame it, you know, know who you are, know, you know, see the context yeah. uh, you're in, the season that you're in. And then you know, uh, make decisions according to that, as yeah. opposed to this just blanket. This is how to do life. So, yeah, that's been really good. Thank you, thanks, Charlotte. Um I think we can wrap it up there. If you're happy with that, yeah, I'm um, happy. I yeah. could talk to you for hours. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I'd love to give you the opportunity. I know we've talked a, a few. Uh, we've talked a little bit about some of the stuff that you have out there in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, if there's anything else you'd like to plug, now's the time to do that. We can uh, put links in the description and things like yeah, that. Yeah, let's
1: just put links in the description. Okay. Um, LinkedIn is always my preferred... LinkedIn, uh, okay. Uh, it's my preferred yeah. kind of connect point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we can put links into my new book in the description. Really? And then if you Google me on Amazon, some things will come up. Okay. Um, yeah, and then right. you can have fun with that. But yeah. Excellent. I'll have do all time.
0: that work and I'll put it in. So all you have to do is click on there. On, uh, okay on those things and then uh, yeah, find Charlotte out there in the online space. All right. Sound good. Um, in the future, we're going to be looking at other things today. We are in the courage series. Yeah. But I want to unpack a little bit around relationships, marriage, parenting. Uh, I know you've got lots of experience in that area. So that'd be really cool. And we might even, we might even dare we go down the journey of faith as well. So that might yeah. be interesting. So would you come back and uh, join us again in the future? It'll be my pleasure. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Thank you for being here again. All right. And uh, whatever you guys are doing, uh, listening to this or watching on YouTube, go encouraged. Hey guys, really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you did, please click that like button, hit subscribe, and why not tell us what you thought in the comments? Keep the conversation going. All right. So whatever you're doing in life, move forward and keep going Encourage. See you next time.